Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm going to read the very first verse of our lesson today from our epistle. So if you want to pull out your bulletin, that will be the emphasis for our discussion today. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. This truth is one of the most profound truths that we'll find anywhere in the Bible simply stated. There is very little about this life that we can truly grab a hold of and say this much I know without any uncertainty in my mind. I know that I am a child of God. I know that with absolute certainty in my heart and in my mind and in the way I conduct my life. We have this promise from our Heavenly Father that we are His beloved children without any shade of doubt. I look back about a month ago and I see that I was rejoicing to celebrate for the first year of life that my son has been here, his birthday. In March, we celebrated with my parents and my wife's parents and with a Zoom call filled with friends and relatives, which is unfortunate in itself. But yet, we still celebrated one year of my son being here on this earth. And what a joy it is to celebrate the fact that he's my child. And and what a joy it is to celebrate that he's my son. And the thing is, I celebrated that a month ago, and I tell you that today because I was reminded of that celebration again this week. This past week, we celebrated again the birth of my son, Wyatt. Although it wasn't the one-year anniversary of his earthly birth, it was a one-year anniversary of his rebirth into the family of God. His baptism was on the 12th of April. And we celebrated once more that he has become a child. Not a child of this father, but a child of the one true father. The only good and lasting father whose promise he has and I have and you have with absolute certainty. That's my entire goal this morning is that when you leave this place today, there is no shade of doubt, no question in your mind that this truth is for you. You are a child of the everlasting Father. You are a beloved child of God. You are in Christ Jesus. The Holy Spirit is at work within you, and therefore you are a child of of God and nobody and no thing in this world or in any powers that exist in this universe can ever take that away from you because it is a promise from your father directly to you you are my beloved child that is a powerful thing how often do you read anything in this life that truly changes you that makes your life different. We read some things in our lives when we pick up the newspaper and we're shocked to see the certain things. When we see that there are stories that shake us at our core, 
but they don't often shake us at the core of who we are. Usually it shakes us at the core of what we think the world around us is. But this truth in 1 John chapter 3, that we are the children of God, it should shake us at our core. Because it reestablishes our identity. There is nothing else in this life that can tell you who you are if the Father says, you are my child. If we start with that truth, that we belong to him, that's why John uses those exclamation points in 1 John chapter 3. He says, what love the Father has lavished upon us. This is not just saying, what love the Father has for us. It's saying he has, he has taken a dump truck load of love and just utterly drowned you in it. He has lavished you in his love. What love he has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. When my son Wyatt was born, that was a, a discernible fact in the world that changed my life. He was born Things were different now. And since that day, my love for him has only grown and grown and grown. And on his birthday, I thought about how different it is to, to see a little baby and say, I love you, and to hold your one-year-old son with, with goofy teeth smiles smiling back at you and say, I love you. The love has grown so much. I loved him when he was born, and I super love him when he's one. I can't imagine how much I'll probably be frustrated with him, but also super love him when he's 5, 12, 18 years old, 40 years old. But you see this trend that love grows. Think about this for a second. Does God's love for us grow? God's love has been at the ultimate level of lavishment since before he even claimed us as his children. God's love is the opposite kind of love, and I was reminded of that on his birthday, and then on his re-birthday, celebration of his baptism, I was reminded that God's love for my son was the same on that day as it was the day he claimed him in the waters of baptism. God's love for us doesn't grow, neither does it shrink. It is the infinite love which is lavished every day upon those whom he calls his children. Every single day, God's love grows, or does it? Every single day, love for our children grows, but God's love never changes. It's the exact same, and it's infinite giving for us. God's love is the most lavishing thing we can possibly imagine. And in that truth, in that absolute truth, we can find confidence. We can find a purpose. We can find a meaning. Let's go on in our, in our lesson here. In, in, in verse 2 of chapter 3 of 1 John, we read these words, Dear friends, now we are children of God. We know that. That's a truth we can rely on and depend on. But there's a thing here that he says, we are children of God and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And 
all who hope, all who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. We see that this sonship, this daughtership of our heavenly father, it, it absolutely positively links us together with solid rock, rock hard and iron chains to the son of God. We, if we are children of God, we are inexorably connected to the Son of God. We know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him. And we have proof of that because right here it says that we will be called sons and daughters of God. We will be called sons of God. Do you realize how powerful a statement that is? That's the kind of statement in ancient Israel that would get you crucified. And we have proof of that. Why did they crucify Jesus? Because he claimed to be the Son of God. And yet you and I today can claim to be the sons and the daughters of God. We make the same claim that sent Christ to the cross. Because we are in Christ, we too get to call ourselves the sons of God. What a powerful statement that is. That's not something to merely glance at as you go on with your normal life. It's something that changes the essence of who you are. You are not the same you you used to be. You are now a child of the living and everlasting and all-powerful Father. And you are sons and heirs along with the Son of God, Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit. That transforms the way you perceive yourself. You don't put your worth in your accomplishments. You don't put your worth in the relationships that you have with people in this life. You don't put your worth on the the health and the wealth and the well-being that you have in this life. You put your only confidence in the fact that you are a beloved child of God. Because nothing else could ever be greater than that. No achievement, no relationship, no accomplishment, no No knowledge could ever be greater than the mere fact that you belong to your Heavenly Father. And that's what we we find confidence in. That's what we find boldness in. We boast in that, that I am a child of God. But it's not anything to do with what we've done. It's not anything to do with, with how good we have been. You see this fact that we have been claimed by God in the water and in the word of baptism before we could even speak, before we could even influence God, before we could ever do anything to merit his favor, God claimed us as his children. God claimed you as his son, as his daughter. His love for you was infinite from the very beginning. Infinite from the very beginning, never changing, lavished upon you, not just at that water and the word of baptism, but each and every single day. That's where we find confidence. That's why as Lutherans, when we say to to some of our Reformed brothers and sisters, when they ask, when were you saved? I point to that thing in the back with eight sides to it and water inside of it. Because at that particular moment in time when the waters were sprinkled upon my head, when the words of God were spoken out loud in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, my destiny changed forever. Nothing else in the entirety of the universe could define who I am except for God the Father who said, You are my Son. 
you are mine. I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. No other truth in this life can ever shake the foundation of who I am. And no other arrows of the evil one or accusations of anyone here on this earth can ever change who you are in God's eyes. You are his beloved son if you are in Christ Jesus. This idea of being a child of God is a theme which resonates throughout the scripture. And indeed, John himself in his, in his gospel talks about being sons of God versus being sons of the devil. And we have another reading today, which I'm going to go to in Romans chapter 8, which comes from Paul. A discussion of this idea of being a son of God, a child of God. We pick up at verse 12. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the sinful nature that we have an obligation to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, then you will live. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. That's another way of saying we are sons of God and this much is true. That is exactly what we are. We are led by the Spirit of God and therefore we are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And now we, if we are children, we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. There's some truths in this passage that I want to point out. The signs of sonship, the signs of being a child of God are, are described here so that we know with absolute certainty that we belong to God. And they are found in, in this. The first one is that if we live according to this sinful nature, we will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. So if we, if we are led by the Spirit, indeed, if we are led to, to battle the sinful nature within us every single day, then we know without a doubt that we are sons and daughters of God. As a pastor, we hear in people's weakest moments this sense of uncertainty about whether or not they still belong to God, whether or not they're worthy in God's eyes to receive his grace and his love. And this is what I point to because this shows us that that inner condemnation that we feel on ourselves for our shortcomings, that, that guilt and that consciousness of sin, it shows us that by the power of the Holy Spirit, we are battling the sinful nature. And that battle shows us there's something alive within us, the Holy Spirit. It, that battle, that, that, that raging war within every heart and soul in this room right now proves to you and to me that God is your Father. Because if you didn't have God as a Father, if you were not a child of God, you would not be at war within yourself. 
You would be confirmed in your sin. You would be comfortable in all of the misdeeds of your life. You would not be worried about whether or not things in your life were separating you from God's love. That worry, that war within you proves without any shadow of a doubt that the living and active Spirit of God is at work within you and you are a child of God. And so do not despair in those moments. That is God working on you. Don't allow yourself to go into that deep depths of despair where you doubt whether or not you are a child of God. Instead, look at that war within you and see God at work within you as your loving Father trying to transform you into the image of his goodness. And we also see another proof here. Another proof that we are a son of God is that by the Holy Spirit we receive sonship and by the Holy Spirit we cry, we cry, Abba, Father. Here's the interesting thing. I can go find a program with a voice, uh, a voice program, a computer with a voice program and type in A-B-B-A-F-A-T-H-E-R and have it say Abba, Father. That doesn't prove the computer is a child of God, right? <coughs> but this is where we see the important part here. We see that in verse 15, it says, cry. Those who cry, Abba, Father. A computer program can't cry from the depths of its soul. A computer program can't feel at its inner core the, the striving for Abba, Father. The other clue here is this word, Abba, Father. Abba we often say it means father, but in reality, it's not the same word as what we say in English, father. When I refer to my dad, I don't come up to him and say, father. I say, dad. And when I was a kid, I said, daddy. And when I was a one-year-old, I said, dada. And you know what a one-year-old Hebrew person would say to their dada? Abba. See, dads used to have it good. The D letter is harder than the M letter. Mama is easier to say than Dada. So moms these days have it easy. But back in Hebrew times, Bs are easier to say than Ms, so dads had it good. Abba was easier than Ima. Dads had it good. Not anymore, but, you know, I like it. My, my son still says Dada. But think about this, what this truth reveals to us, this Abba Father. It shows us something deeper than the mere fact of relationship. It shows us the deep yearning, crying out of a little four-year-old who fell down and, and scraped his knee, who was afraid of the dark, the things that go bump in the night, or is terrified at the, the bigness of this world around, and looks at his father and says, Abba, cries out, Abba, I need you, help me. I'm scared. I don't know what's going on in this, this big, big world around me. That spirit of trust and yearning and crying out shows us that we are truly the children of God. And so we see that in the moments where we are, we are at war within ourselves, and in those moments where that war leads us to cry out to our Heavenly Father, Abba, Father, that we acknowledge that we have proof that God has claimed us as his dear children. Don't ever allow anything in this world to put to doubt the fact that you belong to God. Because God himself is telling you all the time in this life, you belong to me. A reading from Isaiah that we mentioned in our opening sentences, Isaiah 43 verse 1, has this 
truth expressed in a beautiful way in the Old Testament. Before the idea of, of Jesus in the New Testament, we hear these words. Thus says the Lord God who created you and he who formed you, fear not. Don't be afraid, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. What greater promise do we have as as sons and daughters of our everlasting Father than he says that to you and to me every day? Don't be afraid. You don't belong to the, the powers of this big, scary, dark world. You belong to me. I have redeemed you. I have transformed you. I have made you something new. I have purchased you back from that wickedness. I know you by name. I call you by name. In the water and the word of baptism, you are not the world's. You are not your own. You are mine. That's a beautiful promise from our Father. In those moments where the world is attacking us, in those moments where we feel at war with ourselves, We acknowledge that war is actually the war against sin within us, being led by the Holy Spirit, that we might see without any doubt that we are children of our Heavenly Father. And at that promise, all God's people can say, Amen. Let's pray. God, I give you thanks this day that we are sons and we are daughters of you of our Heavenly Father. Help us to live in the truth of that promise that we might reject the old Adam, that we might turn from the sinful life and repent and turn towards you to hear each day the promise made new that we belong to you, that you have redeemed us and that you have called us by name. We love you, Abba Father. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.